0: Welcome to Livestream Stars. I'm Ross Brand. This is the show where we feature talented broadcasters delivering high-quality content across Livestream platforms. Livestream Stars is brought to you by Livestream Universe. For everything live streaming, check it out, LivestreamUniverse.com. And we also have a website just for this show. It's (laughs) LivestreamStars.tv, and you can see upcoming guests and view replays of past shows, Stars. Dot tv coming up on thursday at 7 p.m eastern tim mcdonald joins me for ask the expert here on fire talk rossbrand.tv um and he'll be talking about building community through relationships and then back here on monday for live stream stars next week vincent orlick founder of blabaholics facebook group he also does tv commentary on social media He'll be the guest on the show next week. And now to tonight's guest, Janine Truitt, known as the Tsarina of HR. She's a business and HR consultant at Think at Talent Think Innovations, LLC. She blogs at thearistocracyofhr.com, as well as contributes to some of the major online HR and business publications. She hosts Ask Tsarina on Periscope, 11 p.m. Eastern on Thursdays. And Janine has been selected to several of the top lists for HR influencers on social media, including ranking as the sixth most influential Twitter account for her Ask Zarina. No, it's Zarina of HR account, right? That's the one for her yep. Zarina of <laughs> HR. <the> <laughs> uh, and that's the sixth most influential Twitter account for HR pros. Wow. And Janine's also a wife, a mother, a music fan, Snapchatter, and she has a new <laughs> show coming up. So... um Good to know you're not keeping busy or anything.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not busy enough, I feel sometimes. (laughs) Wow. How
0: do you have time to do all that?
1: (laughs) You know, I feel like you have 24 hours in the day that everybody else has. And, um, you know, why not go for it while there's momentum, while people care who you are and what you have to say? So I just go for it.
0: So tell us a little bit about what you're thinking of for for a new show coming up.
1: So this is kind of exciting because I just thought my show was just enough, quite frankly. Um, But actually, this is kind of the beauty of um, what happens when you start to build these communities. So um, with Ask Arena Live happening every Thursday, I have Quite a few viewers that are just regulars to the show. And I met this woman, um, Vinnie Gill she started watching the show and participating and we kind of became friendly. Like she loves macarons. I love macarons. She has her own business. I do too. She's in the UK and she has her own business called nail your career. So she kind of helps people um, who are in the job market kind of figure out how to navigate that and also to prepare them for interviews and things like that. So she approached me um, some weeks ago about, um, really us collaborating in some fashion and it was really going to be like a one-off thing but once we started speaking we realized that we liked each other quite a bit right. <laughs> and that this could actually be something fun so we're going to launch um a show we're trying to figure out what platform with the whole business of blab going on now <laughs> um because that was the intention but really it's going to be um us as two minority women Um, kind of launching it and speaking about um, the more controversial topics, let's just say of the day. So it'll be a little bit society, a little bit business, a little bit hot topics, but kind of just this very informal but informative conversation between two girlfriends. Um, And since she's in the UK and I'm here, we're just thinking it'll be interesting. So we're going to go for it and see. Wow!
0: So good luck. What do you know? Have you considered a bunch of different platforms, or you kind of?
1: Um. Yeah, we're like, well, so Fire Talk, we're gonna look at as a possibility. Um, there's another one. Oh my God, what is it? It's dot uh, .io. What is it? Who's that? Who's that? Who? Yes. Huzzah? Huzzah. Um, Huzzah, whatever Um, So yeah, we're going to look at that as well Obviously Facebook Live would be great But I know that that's not going to happen Until a few weeks out So yeah We're going to We'll just try something We'll see where it goes And and see which platform works I think that's the position we're in now Because I had no clue that Blab was going down As quickly as it was So it's kind of You know, crazy to <laughs> oh, <go> ahead. <laughs> no, I was going
0: to say. So, um, obviously, you do business and, and HR consulting, and um, you, you, when you work with companies and stuff, um, obviously, companies like to stay away from anything controversial, from opinions, mm-hmm. and want to be as politically correct and as down the line as possible. So, how mm-hmm. do you feel about like coming into a show where you know you're going to put it out there, put your opinions out there, be a little bit controversial? are you concerned that like, well, that might affect business opportunities? Do you feel like for everybody that maybe doesn't like it, there'll be somebody who really does like it or, or you just Mm -hmm. figure you'll be you and what, where the chips fall, they fall kind of thing. Like how do you look at that?
1: Right. So, I mean, I, I think I've been pretty um, controversial period. Um, You know, when it came to the aristocracy of HR I've certainly put out some pieces that I think most of my peers would not have. And, um, you know, people appreciated it. I, and and obviously there was always some hesitance, right? Because you're wondering like, how are people gonna take things? Uh, I think I've gotten to a point in business where I feel as though if you align, if there's synergy, if it works, we're gonna work together um you know the things that i'm talking about aren't things that are not based in fact (laughs) so um you know ultimately if somebody feels differently and doesn't want to do business with me it's probably better off that way um so yeah so i don't you know i'm not concerned about it i think we're gonna you know talk about some things most people wouldn't um hopefully open up some minds along the way and uh You know, people like it. They like it. If they don't, there's a gazillion other live streamers to watch. Right. Right. That's
0: that's very interesting because, um, you know, I've noticed that you you tackle relationships, you tackle, you know, politics, you tackle what's in the news and things like that. And so many H.R. people kind of feel like they have to shut down their personality when they go to work. A a lot of H.R. people Mm -hmm. feel and they just have to be like completely bland. And this is the rule book. And I don't have a personality and I don't have relationships. And if I do, you don't know anything about them. And that's it. Right. Because I have to be yeah. an example. And of course, that isn't really what HR is about. Right. It's about bringing the best out of people and and helping your organization compete by by, you know, leveraging the talent that you have and developing it and gaining new talent and, and so forth. And, you know, some of the more administrative compliance things are just a smaller part that's been sort of attached mm-hmm. to HR but isn't really um, where HR is. So I think it's great that um, you're you're such a, a personality, you know, within the HR field. <laughs> and I think we need more of that in the HR field because, you know, there isn't – to the extent that people use um, – live streaming or, or social media, it's mostly for recruiting. It's like, let me post a job or let me tell you about what my company's doing, but it's not so much to, to sort of share their personality and be more than like the representative of the, the, the corporate line or whatever.
1: Sure. Right.
0: So, so um, talk some, talk a little bit about your, your background as far as HR and, sure. and business goes.
1: Cool, so um, I was in HR for over 10 years before I launched into my business. And um, I I worked in so many different industries. I I started out in staffing and I hated that. (laughs) And then I decided to... (laughs) I hated it. it. It's it was just terrible. I mean, God bless you if that's your thing, but it was just a little more sales than I'd like to be when it comes to dealing with human beings and their work affairs.
0: In the beginning, or, or staffing? Yeah, ages. yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it was fun in a sense. It did. Um, it gave me a good foundation in terms of what it means to work as a consultant, if you will, for other companies and and prioritize each company's specific and very unique needs. So I take that from it, but the sales aspect of it was just, I was like, get me out of here. (laughs) Um, But other than that, I spent uh, a lot of time in healthcare, Um, I spent time on the home care side and then in the hospital system, and then I left there and um, my last stint was in the national laboratory for Brookhaven National Laboratory, where I was a senior HR rep over there um, for four years, and uh, 2013 is when I decided to launch my business. I was doing that and working at Brookhaven at the time. And uh, in 2014, I went full time in the business much earlier than I ever expected to. Like, it's really wow. kind of wild to me. <laughs> so, yeah. And
0: at the time you were with different companies or even with the companies that you've worked with since launching your business, how much does HR use social media either for, you know, attracting and, and, and retaining talent or for internal marketing to employees and things like that, or even like employment branding or, you know, employee advocacy? How, how much are you mm-hmm. seeing like HR using social media?
1: I think it's still very slow. Um, you know, I think the ones that you see out there are kind of, of course, the early adopters, those that have the money and the resources to put behind those specific programs, because the reality of it is, is, it can't be just a few people doing it. You've got to have the people, the resources to do that. Um, I worked in very um, highly regulated fields, healthcare, R and D. They are very, very slow. Um, I would say healthcare was probably a little bit um, faster to adopt social media, and that's where I first kind of got my my claws in it. Um, right but I would say the way that they're mostly using it is really from a recruitment perspective. It's, can we get on these platforms? Can we get some people to fill our requisitions? Um, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, once they've seen some ROI with that, then you get people that are kind of like, okay, next step, what can we do from an employee advocacy perspective? But you also have to have people that are championing that charge within those organizations. Like it just doesn't happen where the C-suite's like, hey, we wanna build an employee advocacy program. Like I haven't seen that to date. It's usually like for me, when I worked in the national um, laboratory system, it was really me that was on social media and saw the opportunities that were there for building community and connecting with people. And I went to my CHRO and said, hey, this is something that we should be doing. Um, but it, it has not been my experiences that it's something top down, not until it hits right. like some magazine, or something that says, Hey, <laughs> you need to be doing this. Right. And then the hey. C.H.R.s are like, I need Janine in my office because right. I just read this in some, you know, Mercer article that it has to be done. We need to do it. But it's that knee jerk reaction versus, you know, let's play with a few of these different things and see where it lands us.
0: Let's learn the tools now. Let's try and be first to market, not last market after, you know, we're just playing catch up to stay even with everybody. Um, You know, I think maybe part of it is that, well, I think part of it is big organizations especially are afraid of sort of having too many voices, right? And what employees Mm -hmm. might say and things like that. But I, I think, a lot of organizations that I've seen, HR is so busy with everything. Like, you know, uh, the administrative workload has gotten so tied down to HR that like Mm -hmm. almost any HR department that I've seen, the people are just so busy with day to day. Like I need to do this and then this and then this and then this, this, that there's almost like no Mm -hmm. time to handle these, these type of projects that have a major upside to the business. I mean,
1: but it, it's agreed. Really I mean,
0: for HR and a lot of companies because the the it's just. Yeah. I've ne- like I've never seen departments so busy as I see HR departments. Like they they just don't breathe practically.
1: <laughs> well, no. I mean, every time you turn around, there's you know some new guidance from FLSA. You know, like that's the new thing everybody's right. trying to deal with that and overtime rules. You know, whatever the ACA decides to throw at you. You know, and then for me, um, working where I did for federal contractors, and you have to deal with the Office of Federal Contract Compliance which just is a monster Um, bit of compliance to deal with. They just keep adding on and adding on. So, you know, people are just reluctant to jump into another project when they've got all of this stuff on their plate. Um, And so that's why I said in the beginning, like the companies that have the money and resources to say, well, you know, like an Oracle, for instance, that, you know, they just launched a recruitment marketing team And one of my friends, Celinda Appleby runs that team, but like, that's, she's awesome, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, but like in most other companies, they would not have the funds to just launch a team. It'd be the recruiters that they'd be slapping this on top of, on top of all of their requisitions, on top of everything they have to do and say, Hey, you've also got to be marketers. And the recruiters are looking at you like, what are you, crazy? <laughs> like, I don't have enough right, stuff on right. my plate already, you know? So, yeah, it's it's um, it's um a lot. And, and so I think that's, that's the reluctance. that's when they call you. Right. Exactly. That's when they call
0: you, I'm right? <laughs> that's when
1: they call me and say, hey, <laughs> you like to play around with this stuff. What do we do? And I'm happy to do it and I'm happy to exit and let the people resume what they need to do, you know, regularly. But, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a win-win. So then, then it,
0: are we even further off from, from getting to live streaming oh. for HR or are, are there, have you seen any HR departments that do live stream, um, that do any type of live video
1: stuff? Not as yet, not, not in the realm where I play. No, I, I have, right, I mean, right. <laughs> so far off. And so the, the other half of it is like, you know, now being in business, a lot of my clients are actually in finance and uh, private equity, and they are extremely, extremely far and apart from it. Like there are a few of them that understand that there's some opportunities in terms of deal making, but you know, the rules aren't exactly cut and dry where it comes to what you can and cannot say on social media. So most of them just err on the side of caution and just don't do anything.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's, it's the regulated industries thing that, that you mentioned earlier in the fear of, yep. you know, how are we gonna violate regulations? And then how do we have to archive every single conversation and all this yeah. kind of thing? So, yeah. so, um, Tommy asked an interesting <clears throat> question. Back, he asked if you use lean strategy in your business.
1: No, I do not. It's not something that um, I. It's not something that I dealt with previously in my career too much, and um, no, it's not something that I use now.
0: So, um, when you got into live streaming, what what was your start like how did you what was your first platform where you turned on the phone or you sat down behind a microphone and said, "This is wow, well, I'm gonna actually do this."
1: Yeah, well, I'll go back even further. So, about two years ago, I decided um that I was gonna start a YouTube channel, and my hope was that I was gonna kind of make it supplemental. To the blog, and it was going to be a situation where, like, my readers came and asked me questions, and I would do this whole Ask Arena thing. So, I started off with it, but I wasn't really getting any questions. Like, it basically failed, but not really. <laughs> I guess my right, intention right. failed. Um, so, but I continued to make videos there. And then, my first segue into live streaming had been um, Periscope. And so I got involved with this group, Black Biz Scope, that was then promoting black business. And I said, well, let me try with this. Let me just hop on it. I'm gonna submit my business and see how this thing goes. And it was a shock to my soul. Like, whereas I was so, I mean, honestly, where I was like afraid week to week to put out these videos on YouTube, but it was only myself and my camera it's a whole nother thing when you just hop on something and that camera's on and suddenly the whole world is there or at least it feels that way, is there with (laughs) you. So yeah, it was really, that was kind of me throwing myself into it. And then I just found myself being very scant in terms of me using Periscope in it. So I'm like, well, how can I push myself to use this more? Mm -hmm. And that's when I created Ask Serena Live I figured if I started a show, you know, I'd have to commit to it. if I tell people about it, I have to commit to it. Right. And um, it just started as, you know, a week to week thing. But it's grown by leaps and bounds, um, you know, since last year. I'm just amazed at how it continues to grow.
0: That's awesome. And then you also started using Blab some, right?
1: I did not a ton. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I, I got on it. I did a panel with somebody and then part of me, and this just goes to my whole social strategy, is I don't like to spread myself too thinly over every single platform there is. Right. And for me with Blab, um, I knew I needed to know enough about it to speak intelligently because of the different endeavors I'm in. Um, but I just didn't see a place for it in my strategy. So that's probably why you never saw me launch anything in specific on Blab. Right. Um, until, you know, of course, now that I want to do this thing, now the thing (laughs) is dying, right now that I need it. But, um, yeah, that's, I, I've kind of found my niche and Periscope, and you know, that's probably where I'll be aside from this other thing that I'm launching. But uh, yeah, Blab didn't do too much with it.
0: Have you tried Facebook Live at all?
1: I did. <laughs> um, so I've done <laughs> Facebook Live two different ways. One time I did it from an IBM event, and it was really quick. I mean, nothing crazy. I was amazed, uh-huh. however, at how quickly the reach gets, you know, how quickly though that video just transmits and you've got viewers suddenly. So right, right. I did that <laughs> and I really enjoy the fact that you can go live on a page or in a group. Mm-hmm. That is very cool. Um, so I have a number of smaller communities attached to like my academy and things like that where um, it's been very cool to be able to teach these women that I teach um, every year, you know, what it means to go live and to do that in a very private um, setting where they didn't feel overwhelmed by everybody seeing them. So very cool. Right. Stuff.
0: Did you have one show that, you know, you did either on Periscope, Facebook live or somewhere that stood out as like, wow, that, that got a big response. I wasn't expecting that or.
1: Oh boy. Um, There's a few, um, but I'll say a a recent that I really didn't think anybody was going to sign on for. It was just something I wanted to talk about. And that was my show on GMOs and the business of GMOs and how that affects the food we eat and hunger across the world and that kind of thing. So that was just like a passion thing. And it actually was a topic that somebody suggested. And I was just shocked to see how many people had something to say and or chimed in and signed on. It was pretty cool (laughs) because it's not, you know, it's not HR. It's not, you know, in specific anything really business or marketing, but um, you know, people took to it. So appreciate it.
0: (laughs) That's cool. That's cool. I'm looking up. um, I had, Uh, You remember the article that I did right back around the new year where I asked um, 37 people for their thoughts of what Mm -hmm. was coming up in 2016. And I remember you had a really good quote and you'd said you believe the pandemonium of live streaming will settle down in 2016. This will allow broadcasters who are creating quality content for their respective niches to shine above and beyond the noise we experienced in 2015. Where do you think we are now? Like, where do you do you think we're just a a lot of noise still? Do you think are you seeing people, some people doing things that are like elevating? I think we're on we're definitely
1: on the verge of the noise quieting down. Um, There's been a few articles Mm -hmm. that have come out recently about the rise of micro communities and how you know mm-hmm. it's not so much about having thousands of people come to your show um every week or having millions of followers but actually there's power in these really small communities but that are loyal to whomever that live streamer is and those articles made me happy <laughs> because right it right. let me know that we're we're on the verge of that change um I still think there's a lot of noise out there, but I, I'm getting the feeling that people are starting to sift through that noise and realize what's real and trying to now um, be more mindful and gravitate to the communities that really are packing the value. And it's not just about fluff and nonsense.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Is there anything that you're seeing that kind of separates? <laughs> like, what are you seeing that people do when you see somebody and go, that's good. That person's good mm-hmm. at this or they're a good live streamer. This is a good show versus not so good a show. Is there certain commonalities that you see and you say, OK, now people are starting to get what it takes to to be good at this?
1: Yeah. Um. So, again, because I deal a lot on Periscope, I mean, you know, there's just people that are coming out with, you know, just really actionable daily tips. It's almost like a daily mini mastermind, if you will. I see a lot of people signing on for those kinds of things. Um, You know, there's some midnight masterminds as well. Um, Another friend of mine, David Holtzmer, he's kind of slow to get into it, but he's so awesome, such a thinker. And, you know, he talks about a lot of things kind of at the intersection of human connection and business and technology, and he's been going through his own dissertation. So, you know, you're kind of following him along those lines, but I think he's great. Um, So, you know, I think those things for me, maybe it's just because I'm a thinker, it's very quality. I think for a long while, and we still have a ton of it on Periscope, you know, it's this kind of, you know, let me tell you how you can make 30,000 in three days, you know, (laughs) Right. No, literally, you know, um, let me, uh, tell you how to take your email list and, and spin that into, it's like, you know, and there's a gazillion streams right? doing that. So it's like, how many of you can spew that same stuff, you know, and, and right, right. Of value. I mean, after a while, it just gets to be a lot. So, you know for me with the show I don't know that it was initially my intention but I think what I've come to realize about what I've wanted for Ask Serena Live is that I wanted it to be something that made people think um that wasn't like hey you know here's free consulting but more of like let's connect on this level about this topic and if I can leave you with something that you walk away thinking like wow I never thought of that then I'm happy Um, so I, have just treated it like this is my community. We come every Thursday, we let our hair down and we have a good discussion. We laugh, we joke, we learn something. And, and I think that is where I'd like to see live stream going.
0: So where you're seeing the niche communities, that's where you're seeing like the shows have purpose or the broadcasts have purpose to a specific group of people and they have more depth than just trying to, okay, I'm going to see how many people I can get to buy my, program. Yeah, I mean I I think
1: it has to be that way. I mean, in many cases, and I and I did a show on this, I see live streaming as being the replacement almost to what we did when we watched live TV. For a lot of people, right. they're not really doing the live TV thing. They're more so engaging on YouTube. They're watching YouTube videos, they're watching live stream, they're listening to podcasts. So, you know, that's a chunk of people's attention that you're grabbing week to week or day to day, um, it's got to be value. I mean, not that everything on TV right. is, but if you're not going to watch TV, the crap on TV, you might as well give somebody something good to listen to <laughs> online, right? So, yeah.
0: Right, right. And you the benefit of the interaction and the chat, you know, like the chat and all this kind of stuff that you don't have on most live TV shows. Yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can talk about it on Twitter or something, but it's not quite the same as it being really there and worked into the show the way a chat can be worked in the way comments can be worked in, or, you know, sometimes you watch a live stream and they're too worked in. Right. Like (laughs) it's nothing but
1: Hey, Hey, right. Yeah.
0: Enough, (laughs) enough already. It's true. We get it. Once you get to a thousand people, you can stop acknowledging every single
1: one. No, it's true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We got things to do,
1: right? It's definitely an art. (laughs)
0: talk about how you um kind of format your show or schedule it because i know you do you do hot topics um like every every fourth thursday or whatever like how do you kind of plan it and come up with your your shows and your kind of your flow for the show
1: perfect so um most of the time I'm doing research week to week to see, you know, what's moving me, what's being spoken about. Do I even want to talk about it? Um, but they're just kind of ideas that come to me. And so, you know, once I have the idea, I'm doing a lot of the work. All of the work that I do actually is done in Evernote. Um, and so, you know, from there, what I try to do is every show I have at least two to three articles that I usually handpick to back up whatever I'm gonna be speaking about that night or to provide some kind of context for the topic. So I'm scouting for those articles and saving those. And um, basically then it's going into creating the graphics and the promos for it. And then I just kind of shoot those around, um, you know, make sure that that gets spread around social media and we go live. Um, as far as hot topics, that was a cool thing that happened as a result of um a young lady that I had interning with me. So she was helping me with a lot of the production for the show. And I was I found I was like running out of steam by like week four. (laughs) So I'm like, what do I do? And so I was like, what can we do that's kind of different? And she's and we kind of came up with this idea of having hot topics the fourth week and so hot topics it's just like whatever is newsworthy whatever I you know it can be anything from like weird science like one week I ended up this was like a few months ago I ended up doing something on like some scientists in Europe that recreated some kind of chicken dinosaur you know so it's like just like wild things to think about or wild things going on in the news or anything notable and um You know, we just kind of discuss it and have a discussion around that. But the other three weeks, it's basically whatever comes to me. It doesn't necessarily have to align with my blogs or anything like that. It's just the show is really created for me to have a separate platform away from HR and business to talk about whatever makes sense. And sometimes the viewers inspire topics like things will come up and they'll say, oh, well, let's talk about this. So, um, I know some of the upcoming shows, once I come back off a break, will be um, based on those conversations that I've had with viewers. So, I got my ass, (laughs) Sarina. Finally. That's great.
0: (laughs) So um, let's shift gears a little bit. Um, I imagine as an HR person and somebody who speaks a lot and, and is very active, you probably get asked for career advice a lot, right? Like, how do I apply for a job? How can I update my resume right? Talks, I'm sure, if not maybe so much people in the chat right now, but people watching on the replay are probably going to be thinking, okay, I want I want to get some some actionable career advice here from the HR people. So what do you, what do you think, um, going forward? Like, what do you think are the things that maybe people should be doing, but they're not doing in their job search or, and how they prepare their resume or interview, just, you know, what you're noticing and what, what you find that, you know, is vice. Maybe you give that's, that's very helpful to people who are job searching.
1: Um, I I would say that it's not something so new and profound. It really comes down to Mm -hmm. preparation. Many people are very unprepared. Um, So one of the things that I have worked into my business is um, interview coaching. So, you know, these are people that are coming to me either when they're in the process interviewing, which is usually very late. But I'll still take them and try to help them right. through. Um, And/or there are people that know they're about to start their job search and you know they need some help. And a lot of them just one they don't know how to um, do the research on companies, which seems kind of crazy. But like you have to research the companies right. that are that you're applying to. So that's one thing. Um, the second thing is. I'm really trying to encourage people to be very clear and mindful about where they see themselves. So, you know, it's not about, let me go get another job. We all need jobs, right? right? Well, we have bills to pay and so forth, but it's what really is going to be the best suited situation for my background, for my skills, for where I see myself. 're just too many people wandering almost like zombies, from company to company and wondering why it's never working out. and it's never working out because it you haven't really sat down and become clear on what it is you want and how you're gonna get there. Um, and as far as how you get there, there's a number of ways like, you know, for one, there's social media. And not that there's a direct, immediate ROI with social media, but in terms of visibility, one. And two, um, building relationships with people who know people who know people, right? That is what it's about. And it's a longer ROI, I'm going to be honest. It's not something like you just hop on Twitter tomorrow, you go to a Twitter chat, and suddenly you have a job. I think this is what people think it is, and they end up being disappointed. Um, you know, for me, it's been years and years and years of me being embedded in certain communities that's allowed me to the point that I'm sure if tomorrow I needed to go back into the workforce, there are a number of people that are going to step up and put in a good word for me. So, you know, there's an opportunity there, but a lot of it is, you know, just simple stuff, having a resume that's sitting there collecting dust for years that you never look at and you never update doesn't make sense in 2016. You know, pick up your resume, always be looking at what you can add to it, something that you've done. I don't care if it's an association um, that you've joined or just a new task or skill you've picked up. You need to constantly be updating that kind of thing Um, and networking, you know, like just as simple as stuff at the local level that have to do with your, your background, be involved in those things. That's where you're going to meet people who know about job opportunities that can, you know, maybe lead you in the right direction. It's, I'm very big on connections. So um, right. like I said, a lot of this stuff isn't new. It isn't profound, but people still aren't getting it. It's just like, let me blast my resume on Indeed. Let me put my resume on career builder, you know, and, Pray and and this is not it, you know it's just not gonna work. I mean, I'll give you a friend. Right. since my last when I went to the National Laboratory. I had no problems getting jobs my entire career. Honestly, I mean, usually if I put my resume out enough places, within a matter of a few days, I'd get a few calls back. With the Nash, when I wanted to leave North Shore, Lij to move over to the um, national laboratory system, I had no, that was a job that wasn't even on my radar. It was because I had a right. good relationship with somebody that was with a temp agency with us at the time. And I reached out to her and said, hey, I need to get out of here. What, who do you know? And she was just like, let me think about it. Send me your resume. And I kid you not, within a day, she goes, what do you think about Brookhaven National Lab? And I said, oh my God, it's in my backyard, literally. I don't know why I didn't even think of it. She's like, well, they're looking for a senior HR rep. And it was. she's like, are you interested? And it was from there because I had a rapport with her and she sent my resume over that I even got in for an interview. So I just see the job search is different. This whole just putting it online and hoping is not going to work. Like you literally have to be connected to different people. You never know who is going to present the next opportunity. It's just a very strange circle going on right now when it comes to job search. So that would be my uh, advice.
0: And one thing you said, I think, you know, really stands out for me is about always be updating your resume. Like don't wait till you're going for a job. Um, (laughs) But, you know, one of the things that I always tell people, like if they talk to me and they say, like, they hate their job, they can't (laughs) stand it. They don't want to go, whatever. Okay, so one of the things you can do to make it a little better while you're there, right, is think about each day you're there. Like, what can I be doing in addition to my regular tasks that could be another bullet on my resume? Like how can because Mm -hmm. companies now like they don't want to just see that you put your job description on your resume. They want to see that you made an impact. Um, because they assume you're going to leave in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, can you do something for us while you're here? Or are you like everybody else who can sort of fill the job description, but is neither here nor there in terms of like what you're going to contribute? Mm-hmm. It's, it's changed so much like in the last five or six yeah. years, I think, like just in how um, companies go about how they look at employees and how employees look at companies. And I mean, it's been changing for a while, you know, probably. Yeah. Almost as long as we've probably both been in the workforce, it's been changing, but it's, it's even changing faster Mm -hmm. now. And eventually, you know, eventually probably half the population will be freelancing, temping, you know, consulting. Right. Which is very different you, so.
1: for a lot of people. I mean, I when I speak to groups, you know, um, about this whole phenomena of, you know, being a free agent out there and having some other skills kind of in your back pocket that, you know, you can launch something with it, it's so foreign to them. So, you know, part of it, I think right. that um, it's just, it's going to come back to education, you know, like, It's going to come back to educating people from really early, like kids, literally about these are the options. This is the workforce you're entering. This is how you've got to approach it. Because for the rest of us, we've already been conditioned to the set it and forget it. You go to school, you pick a career, you go into the workforce, you collect your pension, if that even still exists, you know, and ta-da, right? (laughs) (laughs) right. So there has to be an unlearning and, you know, a a different kind of conditioning going forward for sure.
0: Yeah. It's constantly, it has to be constant learning and constant keeping your, your skills fresh. And it's Mm -hmm. almost showing that you, it's like, you have to build. And, and I know this is so cliche about the personal brand Mm -hmm. and stuff, but it's not enough only to do your job well anymore, right? Mm -hmm. You have to also make sure that people both within your organization and outside your organization know about it and know that your skills are developing and that you're staying current. Mm -hmm. And because things are changing so quickly that, you know, once you're past 25, it's almost like, well, are you going to keep up? Or are we going to, we going to (laughs) replace you with somebody younger and cheaper? Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's a cold reality, but the more people face it, the more they can protect themselves against,
1: well, against because everything, economic, right, economic I mean. conditions and all. I mean, part of the reason why I even started my business, I mean, I knew I wanted to have a business someday. But um, around 2013, when we had the whole government shut down and so like federal right. contractors were next on the list after you know the feds went down. And, you know, there were some really harsh conversations happening, like, hey, you guys may not get paid. We don't know if you're going to get paid in retrospect. Like, And that was a way, you know, for me, I'm like, well, how I'm going to pay my mortgage, how I'm going to pay my bills. Like, And that just was a situation where I didn't want to feel that way ever again. I was just like, you know what? If I launch something and I have something that I can pick up a few clients here and there, then I never have to worry about all my all being put into this one job. And that that was really one of the hugest um, things that pushed me towards um, starting my consulting firm because you just never know. <laughs> There's job right, security right. to a point, you know, and on right, right. that it's on you how you make a living, so.
0: So, before we bring things down too far, let's let's wrap up on kind of a positive note what's what's some good things that you're seeing happening in the in the employment world, in the h r world, and you know with companies that that you're consulting with or individuals that you're working with? what are some 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 positive trends you're seeing?
1: I will say a lot of companies, I'm seeing a lot of them come to me about um, they're very concerned about how their people are feeling, and obviously, I, I deal mm-hmm. more in the small and mid-sized business realm. But a um, lot of requests for team building exercises, um, or you know, how to better coach people beyond the scope of you know this all-encompassing per- performance management system that we all know all too well and hate. Um, so. Okay. You know, trying to get away from that and be a lot more personalized. I'm seeing a lot of that. I'm mm-hmm. seeing a lot of attention given to diversity and inclusion practices. Um, you know, some genuine, some not so genuine, but, you know, on the end of genuine, really good to see companies thinking about it, especially in the small to mid sized market, because,
0: right.
1: you know, they generally just run their shops. People do what they do, they understand their places and they don't really get involved in that stuff. So um, the fact that they're taking um, what's happening in society and kind of wanting to apply it to how they run their businesses is really good as well. So, I mean, I I think it's, it's a positive shift for sure from where I've come from and seeing where that was just a hands off kind of what we spoke about in the beginning hands right, off topics. Right. I don't want to touch it. Don't talk to right. me about it. We'll deal with it if it if it becomes a thing. So definitely a positive. And,
0: and so companies are um, kind of getting back to where we started. Almost companies are realizing that with social media, live streaming, if they know what that is, mm-hmm. yet, um, people have lives outside of work. Those lives are now much more public than they ever were and they have to understand the whole human being not just the human being that sits at their desk you know and right turns out to work right but in, in a positive way not just like oh this person could go out and do something that's that damages us or whatever mm-hmm. but that the person they know their employees better in a way and see them more as people than they ever did before because the 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 what you know about somebody when you hire them it's so beyond what you used to know right oh absolutely <laughs> it's like nobody really goes on a blind date anymore right mm-hmm. i mean
1: well i think too you, you know nobody no hr people that i knew of cared about what a person's intentions were if you spoke to them 10 years ago like what are their intentions their career aspirations nobody cared about that People now want to have those conversations about, you know, what, what, how does this play into the scheme of what you're building for yourself, you know, and how do we help you get there? And that's a very different conversation than anyone ever had with me when I entered the workforce. So, you know, that's a definite positive step.
0: And it's awesome when somebody puts like on a resume that they have a blog or something and you look and, okay, they've been writing about this subject Mm -hmm. for two years. You know what? I'm going to believe them when they say they want to do this, when they say they've been learning about it, even though they haven't been working in the Mm -hmm. field or whatever the whatever their circumstances might be. So, I, I mean, I think there's also... With the way things are changing, while certainly there's not that easy path where you you join a company after school, you don't cause too much trouble and you you show up every day, you learn how to work the machine and they keep you there until you're 60 something and give you a pension and everybody goes home happy. Right. Like. There is the opportunity as well to stand out more, to move more quickly, to be entrepreneurial, to join a startup, to, you know, have seven different careers and things Mm -hmm. like that. And for some people, that's complete chaos. And for some people, it's freedom and excitement, right?
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. And I mean, it's an opportunity both for business and person, because, you know, if I get a resume for somebody that happens to have their own live stream show, plus a blog, and they're actively speaking i mean for me as a business owner if i'm trying to take my company in any one of those directions i now have somebody that is almost like an internal consultant to me as to the best ways to launch that so you know it's an opportunity for businesses and it's and it's exciting for the person because it allows them to keep doing something that they're obviously passionate about so
0: yeah. And it's good for the company, too, because wherever they go and if they're making a good impression and doing it, That's people it. are inevitably going to introduce them by where they work mm-hmm. or ask them where they work or what they do. And then there's an opportunity for the company's name to get out there versus somebody who's not using any social media or, you know, engaged in the community in, in, in any way outside of their their working life.
1: Yep, Absolutely.
0: Well, this has been so much fun. I'm so glad we finally know, chatted finally. for a
1: while. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So tell everybody
0: before we before we wrap up, um, it's the Zarina, it's Zarina of H R yes. at Zarina, C Z A R I N A of H R and Aristotle of HR.com. Yes. Okay. And and tell everybody where else they can find you and what else you're, you're working on.
1: So you can find out more about my business at uh, www.talentthinkinnovations.com. Um, all my upcoming speaking engagements, events, I always put up there. So it's always an opportunity that if I'm in your city, we can connect and meet. Um, Ask Sarina Live happens every Thursday on Periscope at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And a lot of the promo for that is on Snapchat and Instagram, where I'm also at Zarina of HR. So
0: Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Great great talking
0: with you. And uh, don't forget coming up Thursday night this week, we're back 7 p.m. Eastern. We're going to talk to Tim McDonald about building community through relationships. And then next week on Monday, Vincent Orlick from, Labaholics. He's also a TV commentator on social media and a social media pro uh, will be with us on Monday. All that back here on fire talk. Have a great week, everybody.